Welcome to McCordon to Sources Podcast. Um, this is the person that you haven't heard from. It's been about two months now. I do know that much. Um, I know it's been a while. I know you've heard that before, but, but it's, been, it's been a good reason for it being a while. I mean, I no longer live in Chicago, so anybody who has anything to say, the, the vast majority of the reason why we haven't been uh, recording podcasts because I now live in Georgia. And for the last couple of months, that's been taking over my life. But now that I'm here, I'm a little bit more settled. We could do more podcasts. Um, obviously, I'm joined by Rob. Rob. Yo. Um, nobody else. Just me and Rob. You know, we didn't get opportunity to talk about the Bulls playoffs, um, the disappointment that came from it, and the fallout as a result of that disappointment. So first, we'll, we'll get into... Um, the Cleveland series. Um, I don't know what to say about that series, Rob. I mean, um, the Bulls had every opportunity to win it. They probably should have won it. Um, I don't think people kind of remember it the way I do, because I remember that series, and I don't remember LeBron James having a particularly good one. What I do remember is everybody else just, like, annihilating us. Shumpert, Della Vadova. It was um, what everybody else couldn't do in the finals. Yeah, J.R. Smith. I mean, they, they we, were let, we let everybody else beat the, beat the hell out of us for whatever reason. Because Jimmy pretty much had LeBron, you know, he had him, him kind of locked up. Like I mean, LeBron, he, he, did, he did. I would say Jimmy did what Iguodala did. He just made yeah. it tough on him. Made him Because you're not going to stop LeBron from scoring. That's just not. Not gonna happen. I don't care what you do. Yeah, LeBron's gonna score. Yeah, because he's gonna but shoot. If you can make he's it. Shoot yeah, the if, ball. if you're gonna make it tough on him though, and make his percentage, you know, low. I mean, you you're pretty much doing all you can do against that guy. It's it's you can't let everybody else beat you though. And you can't, that's what happens. You can't let Jr. Smith hit six or seven threes in a game. Like every game. <laughs> You know, Shumpert hitting you know three and four threes in a game. Every game. That's just not. You can't have, you know, Della Lindova, you know, being the one to get your players kicked out of games and stuff like that. You can't allow that to happen. And that's exactly what they did. You know, you let you let the role players beat you. Because, I mean, for, how many games did uh, Kyrie miss in that series, too? Um, I know he missed the last game for sure. He definitely missed the last game. I think he missed, like, the last two and then in one in one game when he was definitely hurt, he still went out there and scored twenty something odd points. Yeah, how how was that possible? How do you let a guy that's playing on, you know, one leg beat you? You know, but he's put up I think it was like twenty six points or something like that in that one game he had. Yeah, he had a pretty good game in that game. Um, I think a lot of that, a lot of what he was getting off on, was not necessarily on Derek. It was it was on Kirk and it was on. On Aaron Brooks, and that's like one of the things that we came into this season talking about. Um, you know, the Bulls having a lot of depth. You know, they were going to win it, um, win it with depth. But then when the playoffs started, it was like that depth was nowhere to be found, and it was for a myriad of reasons. It wasn't just that the guys were playing bad; it was also that the coach was making bad decisions with who he was playing. We'll get into that a little bit further. But, um, you know, Aaron Brooks was um, nowhere to be found 
for the entirety of the playoffs for the most part. Um, you know, Nico wasn't really anywhere to be found. Um, you, you got a lot of Kirk, um, for better or for worse. Um, but you didn't see a lot of Nico or, 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 or Tony Snail. Because <clears throat> if you give Nico the same kind of consistent minutes that you, for whatever reason, were giving Kirk, I would think that maybe he would he would give you you know you know better scoring opportunities and better chances to to show you that you know he can be trusted. But when one game he's getting you know seven minutes or whatever it is, or he's not playing much at all, but Kirk for whatever reason is consistently getting you know twenty odd minutes. I mean, it, how much can you expect out of him? I I I didn't really expect a lot out of him. I mean, one of the main things about I've, I've been saying about Nico, he played well, but he's still a rookie. You know, that, that guy's a rookie, and you know, with being a rookie in the NBA comes a lot of growing pains, and yes. you know, the, the way that you go about becoming a better basketball player is you know, experiencing a lot of of pain, that's and, fine, and, and embarrassment. I'm with that. That's but, fine. But, That's cool. But, but you don't know I what. Do think, yeah, I do think he should have played a hell of a yeah, lot more. I mean, at, 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 if you're going to expect for a rookie to make rookie mistakes, then you got to let him make them. Then that know, was um, the thing. He, yeah, he didn't. He did not. You got to allow him to make the mistakes. You can't protect him from the mistakes by keeping him out of the game. The guys you got in there aren't are getting it done. So you got to you got to change it and go. All right. Well. Let's let's try this, and we just didn't see that kind of thinking throughout the playoffs, and that just kind of it, it in the end showed the demise of of Tibbs, really. So, uh, one of the things that I was thinking about while watching this series as it happened is that I don't think that um, I don't think he should have started Joe Kim Noah, and like one of the things that I was talking about with uh, with a couple people on Twitter on Facebook. Is that you know you have a guy like like Steve Kerr, right? And the first thing he did when he came in is he asked for Andre Iguodala to take a a role coming off the bench, and Andre Iguodala was more than accepting of of that request. And you see where it got them. You know, I don't think Thibs uh, would have ever made a move like that. You know, no way. deciding. You know, okay, Joe Kim Noah isn't really playing well, so maybe we should start somebody else, and or or somebody that could give them more spacing. You know, maybe we go a little bit smaller because it's it's kind of funny if you look at the Chicago Bulls season. The Bulls were playing multiple big lineups, and the way that the finals went was two teams trying to go as small as they possibly could. But the Bulls, like all season, it was big lineup after big lineup. I saw some lineups. It was Nico and 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 and, and, and Taj and and Joe Kim, or 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 you switch out Joe Kim and his and his pal Gasol. You know the Bulls are going as big as they can, but the league isn't going in that direction. The league is going into space and pace, and the Bulls were going big and slow. Like that is indicative of the problem with Tom Thibodeau is that he, for one, refused, he refused to change with the times. Um, like you heard a lot about Thibs talking about, you know, well, this guy used to do this in the past. Well, a lot of things, a lot of things used to happen in the past, but people learn more and they change their philosophy. He was never one of those people that was willing to 
change this philosophy or even make a change on a team that clearly needed one. The Bulls clearly needed something to happen, and he was not the person to to get to, to make those moves. And then did, the you end, hear, did you hear the details of like I know you heard about the thing about him not wanting to use whatever the thing was that players could wear? Yeah. So, um, did you get the details about about how he he reacted to it though? Yeah, one you know, I, I stopped paying attention to it because you know you got Thibs blogger out there, and <laughs> you know you got all these other people that refuse to think that he you know has, has done anything bad, or you know he was wrong in any instance. You know, it's just all on the front office. The front office is the worst thing on earth. Right. So I, I just kind of stopped paying attention to it. You know? Castro just kid got hit by a ball pretty hard. Yeah, that's going that. That's gonna leave a mark. That dude's arm might be broke. Um, so they were saying that you know they were having this big meeting about it, about what you know wearing these these things. And Tim's they said was basically being a jerk throughout the meeting, like basically interrupting. Oh wait, wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Wait, so what is this? Like just being a jerk about it. So it's just like not only does he not want to do it, but he's also you know being an asshole. In a meeting with you know the guy from the you know whatever the the company it was that had it that was trying to explain it to everybody, you know what it was and what what the benefits were, and I think they were also explaining that Steve Kerr, you know, and his staff was you know was all for it, you know, just so many other teams were all for it, like oh yeah you know that that sounds dope, let's do it, and you know, Dibs was just like yeah you know like you said the players you know back in the day you know you know Jordan. You know, wouldn't wear nothing like that. Didn't wear anything like that. Maybe that's why Jordan only played as many years as he did. Yeah, I mean, you you wasn't getting all the players back then playing as many years as some of these cats are playing now. Seventeen, you know, eighteen years, twenty you know. years. Kobe's yeah. going on to what? Twenty two years, twenty one, twenty two years, well, or something like that. Twenty one, I think. You know, that's a lot of goddamn years in the NBA, man, and, and, and I think that, that that counts for something. Because, because modern fucking medicine is is is, is evolving. And, you would think that you would. You would think that your coach would would evolve with it, but apparently your coach. Oh, man, they, you know, they figuring this thing out. You know, they they figuring out all kinds of technology that can, you know, enhance your players. Considering you like to play your players a lot of fucking minutes, you you like to run your guys. So you would think that you would want to use whatever it was that would keep up with your players' health. So. But not, Jordan not there, doing. not there. So, so one of the things that I that I had heard, or what's what's been bantied about, is that the only person who actually wanted him to come back as the coach was um, was Taj. Nobody else really wanted him back. I heard that too. And you know that I actually. Why, what is it about Taj that, that he wants him back? What, what is what is it about just, that dynamic? I just think that Taj is a, is a really really loyal guy. And um, Thibs gave him a shot. You know, he believed in him. You know, he stayed in that, and that's, you know, that quote unquote circle of trust with him no matter what. He wasn't going to badmouth him or say anything negative, uh, you know, with negative connotations about, about Thibodeau. And that's fine. That's cool. Nothing's wrong with that. It's, he's just wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I would expect, yeah, I, I would expect, I don't, you know, you know, I have him any. 
play as it is on, on, on the team, you know, 12, 13, whatever, whatever the number is. But it would be a couple guys that would, you know, wouldn't just want to get rid of a guy that's been around either since they've been in the league or, you know, for, you know, three or four years, whatever the case is. I would expect that. You know, I, know I wouldn't tell, you know, he's, he's well, I, I would tell me he's fucking wrong because he's wrong. He's wrong for still wanting to be here because it's not working. You know, it's, it's not working. You have he has a bad relationship with so many different people. And you can't have a work a work relationship where it's that bad. And I'll say one thing, you know, the Bulls front office, they've had their run ins with multiple coaches and they are not without fault when it comes to this situation. You know, it's been multiple people, but he has he's had his hand in it as well. Um, the same things that that the Bulls, you know, that, that John Paxson got into it with Vinny Del Negro with, you know, these are the things that he that, that Gar was getting into it with with Thibodeau about. You know, they're pretty it, it, like love them or hate them, the Bulls are pretty consistent in what they want. You know, um, they don't want their guys to play a whole bunch of minutes in the regular season, and like I think that's pretty much you know they, they want they, they want that and. You know, Vinny it's didn't do real, it. It's a real easy request, I feel like. I think it's like, real easy. Just be don't smart. Don't wear your them. guys down. You don't wear your guys down. You're going to need these dudes. Yeah, don't you, wear them down in a regular season. Yeah, if you plan on making a, a deep run, you know, when it comes down to, you know, June, beginning of June, you're going to need them cats. So let's not, let's not play them 40, 40 minutes in a game where you're up in the fourth quarter by 15, 20 points. Like, your point guard to come over and tell you, hey, man, can you just go ahead and, you know, first of all, don't put me back into the game. Second <laughs> of all, get him out of it. Like, th- that should never, ever happen. And, you know, well, with all those things being said, the Bulls had a 3-1 lead, or they had opportunity to go up 3-1. Mm-hmm. LeBron hits that um, shot. I thought I didn't like the way the that play was defended. From the second I saw it, I don't think I thought Ty should have had his back to the basket, uh, back to the man um, passing the ball because it it was not enough time for him to get the ball back and lay the ball up. So I think he should have had his back to the uh, to the guy face guarding LeBron James. Also, Jimmy should have never turned his head like he turned his head for a split second. LeBron pushed him off and then went straight to you know straight to the ball. Jimmy should have never turned his head. Um, he had a good shot. Derek hit a good shot before that. You know, things happened. But the Bulls, I, people want to say people. I've seen a lot of people say the Bulls like uh, like they gave up, and I don't necessarily believe that that's that what happened. Game? You don't think that? I think they just didn't. It was like you know when you squeeze a turnip to the point where there's no nothing left in it to give. Like it was nothing left for them to give. It was. I don't think it was about giving up. They just didn't have anything left. It was over. And I think they all, I mean, you could look at it and tell. And it also didn't help that when the game was in, you know, still within reach, you know, it was like a 12-point game or something like that going into the fourth quarter. You got your star player on a fucking uh, stationary bike staying warm instead of having him in the game to try to win you the game. Like that, it, was, it was so, I just, I could I would never be able to forgive that and understand that. Why, when the game is moderately close, when it's not like it's an unattainable, you know, lead that you can you can't get back, it, it was there. You could the still game was right it. there, and you that's what 
Things are honored to bring certain cats back in the game. What a, I told you um, that I felt like a lot of what was going on at the end, I thought that was just like Thibs' last, like, fuck you about minutes. You know, like, well, you want me to not play guys a whole bunch of minutes, I'm not going to play them a whole bunch of minutes. And if that's well, the case... Yeah, if that's the case, then, 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 then here's all your shit. Yeah. Here's all your shit. It's already in a box. It's already taped up. You know, we'll send it to you. You ain't got to pack it up. <laughs> it's, already, it's already at the door. But what else could it have been? Because it doesn't make any sense to not have your star player out there in a twelve point game, and and it's a it's a when you when you when you're known for fucking playing your star players or your starters too many minutes. Now, now all of a sudden you can't you 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 got Derek on a stationary bike like it's something something about that to me from like just looking at it when it was happening. I was like, this is just him, you know, thumbing his nose at the whole premise and the whole idea of minutes. And and that was his last little, you know, his last little bit of defiance because he's been defiant throughout the entire season. Like everybody thinks this is the the Bulls front office. I've never understood that, that like that mindset. Like he's been defiant for for a whole lot longer than just this this season. I yeah, think he that's has been. been. For, for at least the last what three years, at least. Hell, ever since Derry got hurt the first time. This this was, but this right here was his last his last hurrah. You know. Well, like, okay. he, he, he didn't prove any points with me, and I don't think he proved any points with the nah, front office by it, doing it, that. But he proved a whole bunch of points with the with these with these Bulls fans who, you know, in their eyes, Thibodeau can do no wrong. Like I, I just don't, I just, I just don't get you know, that. I don't even know if he even did that because I'm even all the cast that's you know so in love with him wasn't even looking at it like that. Nah, because they looked, they, at, it they, the stand, they, they looked at it from the standpoint that it was the players giving up and not. Due to yeah, that's my point. Like they, it, it, he could never do wrong in these in these people's eyes. There's nothing he could do that would ever be looked upon as just like why would Thibodeau do that? They they don't look at what he does in in that light, and it's stupid because he he's not you know infallible. Like Thibodeau has his own issues, and that was definitely one of them. That was definitely one of them. I, I really believe that that was his last bit. Of just fucking defiance, you know, just like, well, fuck you guys. If you're not gonna let me do whatever the hell I want to do, then I'm I'm going to, you know, this is what I'm gonna do. I um, mean, but were they? What was that really the case? in like in the playoffs and the in the in a closeout game, was that really? Was anybody even really talking about minutes? I mean, did, did he have a conversation with somebody before that game started where it was like, hey, you know, let's ease up on the minutes or whatever? I, nah, but this was the perfect opportunity for him to do it. Well, that's fucking childish. Then this is a closeout game. Yeah, but closeout game. What did you just tell me when they were trying to, you know, trying to help him get his guys on the floor for more minutes, and he was in there in the in the fucking meeting, you know, basically making light of the whole situation. This seems to be a very childish individual. So I wouldn't put it past him to be childish, no matter what. Very smart, but very very snarky and fucking smart alecky. Yeah, you know, I'm not having it my way, so you know, I'm gonna be real snarky about it and real whatever, whatever. It's like, dude, you take that shit. It's just a whole bunch of shit, you know, his inability to make you know meaningful changes, uh, for the betterment of the team inside of the game. You know, you continuously play Kirk Heinrich, okay? I wouldn't do it. You do it, whatever. 
but you continue to play Kirk Heinrich and Derek, I mean, not Derek Rose, play Kirk Heinrich and Joe Kim Noah on the floor at the same time with Derek Rose and Jimmy Butler and somebody else who can't shoot three pointers. Like and to me, the, then you're not even running the offense when they're on the floor either. Yeah, because nobody's guarding Joe Kim Noah. And you and like anybody with a brain can see that even if uh, if if uh, Nick, uh, Nikola Miritich was missing his shots, which he was, he's a threat to hit them. So that like that work, that's way more than whatever Joe Kim Noah could put on the floor with one bad knee. And it's like you would think that a guy who's been in the NBA as long as he has can see things like that. But he's just going to stick with his guys. I'm just going to go with Joe Kim Noah. I'm just going to go with Kirk Heinrich. And we're just going to see what we could do. And it's like, man, that's not how this shit works. The, the, shit's, the shit's not working, yo. Like, it's not working. It's not fucking working. It's not It's not that hard to, to, to look at something and go, you know what? Okay. This just isn't going to work. This shit, ain't, this shit ain't working. Let's, let's, let's try this. Try anything. I mean, it, it's like it's like you're looking at it, and you you refute you refute. It's like I feel like he saw that shit wasn't. I mean, he's, it's impossible to not fucking see it's not working. But just going, nah. I'm still. I, I still. I believe that like this way can work. That this way is going to work eventually. But it's but not. It's not working. It's not working. Like, you lost games. three straight games. So. Or four, you were two. losing. You were losing games to. In the first round, to to I mean, I, I get it, a real athletic, you know, real defensive. Yeah, but there team. were ways to but to combat that, and there was no way that they should have been. They should have lost a game to that team. I, I told people, um, you know, you got to ask yourself, when was the last time Thibodeau like, actually outcoached someone? Like, you got to give me a real good time because he was especially not especially not in the playoffs. Yeah, when we lost to Washington, he got outcoached by Randy Whitman. When we when we lost to um, we're losing to uh, the, the Miami Heat, they were a better team. But he also got out coached by Eric Spoelstra. People don't want to remember that, but he did. He was getting he got out coached by um by Blatt. Blatt out coached him. He, like, got, he got out coached by fucking uh, damn uh, Jason Kidd. He yeah. got out out coached by Jason Kidd. When the Bulls lost to Philadelphia, he got out coached by Doug Collins. It's just been a long string of Thibodeau getting out coached by guys. Now he's like he out coached. Um, uh, well, who who was it? Uh, uh PJ Carlissimo. He out coached PJ Carlissimo with Brooklyn. I'll, I'll give him. Was, yeah, I was gonna say who was that for Brooklyn? That's what I was now, I'll say. give him that. He out coached PJ. But I mean that team was also not really good, so it didn't take a lot of coaching to beat them. They were no, ready to give up anyway. We all knew that they were supposed to to beat them anyway when when uh, the series started. But it so, wasn't like due to his you know magnificent moves that he was making because he didn't make any moves. It was you know guys go out there and do what you do, and that's the way this is gonna go, and that's the way it went. You know those are the things that you look at over a time period. You say okay. He's had issues. You know, there are things that are, have, have not gone his way. The Bulls have had a lot of bad luck, and I'll be the first to admit that. But it's not just about bad luck. A lot of it, some of it is just about him. And it's time for Bulls fans who love them some Tom Thibodeau to realize that, you know, he didn't get fired because the Bulls didn't like him. That's not why you get fired from a job. Shit goes wrong all the goddamn time. He had so much goddamn success. Had he had a little bit more, it wouldn't have mattered that the Bulls front office hated him. They would have kept him. He got fired because the shit was not working. Point blank. That's why he got fired. 
you know, he they 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 traded up. They traded up. They traded two two um first round draft picks to go up and get you know a guy, a shooter, and he just doesn't play the shooter. They they didn't even use. He refuses to use them. You know, he doesn't like playing certain rookies. And, you know, it's just all this other well, shit. Any rookie, rookie, rookie. Rookie, any rookies, really. He played, I mean, unless it's a guy who plays defense, he's not playing. You You know, he loved Jimmy. Jimmy played a lot in his rookie year, considering, you know, he. Did he? I, don't recall, I, don't recall, I don't recall that. Yeah, he played. Playing a whole lot. He played he play as a rookie because he was a good defender. He had him out there defending LeBron in his rookie year. Um, so he, he definitely played. But then you got um, Taj. Taj played a lot in his rookie year because Taj was a good defender. But those are the only and, – and uh, Asik, he played um, a lot in his rookie year because he was a good defender. You know, but other than that, like, you're a good offensive player and you're not really good on defense. Like, you know, you're not going to get played. But I, I look at, you know, they always say that a, a team takes on the, the personality of their coach. And like, if you've ever looked at – at uh, McDermott, when he's out there playing basketball, he's literally mimicking the exact same shit that Thibodeau would be doing on the sidelines. And just like you look at Thibodeau on the sidelines, he's just losing his fucking mind. Like there's no cool about him whatsoever. And you can see at some points in the game, like the Bulls would would feed off of that energy negatively. Like, you know, you look at uh, McDermott out there and he's trying to play defense. He looks like a chicken with his head cut off and you're just wondering to yourself, like, why can't he calm down? And then you look at Tom Thibodeau and you're like, oh, that's why he can't calm down because this motherfucker won't calm down. This whole thing about, oh, he's coaching him up. The Bulls are up by 35 and, well, the Bulls just gave up a three-pointer and Tom Thibodeau is not happy. Like, man, Tom, sit the fuck down, man. Like, just stop. That's not cool. It's not cool. It's stupid. Your guys are up by 35, and you up coaching them like, like they're down by 35. Your players, especially in today's day, as much as people don't want to fucking, you know, get with the times, you know, it's a, it's a much different player. You know, these cats like to have fun. You know, they're, they're, they're full of, you know, you know, today's music and all of that kind of stuff. And just having fun. You know, they, they do all the social media stuff and all of that stuff. So you need to have fun with your players. Steve Kerr, you can tell, has fun with the, with his players. Like I think they even they said I saw something where they said that you know it was it was it was too much fun that his players got excited one time when he finally decided to be upset once. That's he got, what he got upset and got it. You know, again, dug into their ass a little bit, and they're like, "All right, that's cool. Like that's what we want to see." Now, didn't know, I say that about? I said I've been saying that about Tom. I've been saying that about like I, my, my my analogy has been that the Bulls don't have like they never had a casual Friday. It was never casual Friday in, uh, with the Bulls. Like I don't remember the last time I thought like, man, the Bulls are really having fun out there. I can't remember the last time I thought that because I don't remember the last time I seen them have any fun, and that's a direct correlation of the coach. You know, teams can't have fun. We can't have fun because our, our coach don't. You don't see. You don't see fun. Like and all of that. You know, the working late at night and doing all of that. That's why his ass ain't married. That's why he ain't got no. He ain't married. He ain't got no kids. Because they don't want to deal. Don't nobody want to deal with that shit, man. <laughs> it's like, all right, dude. Like, lay off, relax a little bit, bro. It's cool. 
it's okay to enjoy yourself. And, you know, it just doesn't seem like he outside of basketball ever really, you know, he's ever really out there enjoying himself. It was, you know, it was always the grind. You know, he's always talking about, you know, it's the grind of the regular season. And it's the grind of this. And, you know, you got to work hard. And it's like sometimes, like, like, what happened to just having fun, man? Like, what happened to that? You just don't see that. You, I don't remember. I don't recall the last time I thought the Bulls were having fun doing anything. And that's sad because, you know, you got some good personalities on that team that could probably, you know, really, really enjoy it. Like, you see Joe Kim, he obviously enjoys playing basketball. You got a coach out there that doesn't let you. So it's difficult to enjoy basketball. And that's just the truth of it. That's why he got fired. You know, you want your people to enjoy themselves, but it can't be button ups and fucking suits all the goddamn time. Sometimes you got to, you know, sometimes you got to let a motherfucker wear jeans. And I don't remember the last time I saw the Bulls wearing jeans. <laughs> like, that's the like, that's the best analogy that I could come up with. I don't remember them ever wearing jeans. The only time I only remember the Bulls, like this would to me, that's going to be the indelible mark on like this, this particular uh, team. Is that I, I only remember them in button up, button ups and suits, and you could take that however you want it, but that's what I remember them as. It's a lot of success in those suits and button ups, but not a lot of fun. And at some point, a team of grown ass men are gonna like you can go at home, you can go home to your wife to not have fun. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like if that, like if you really want to not have fun, like a lot of those dudes go home. And they're not having fun anymore. Like it's not you fun. Got, you got to deal with kids and, and all of that stuff. All the other stuff. Like you love your the stress, family. The stress of not, not being being home. Yeah, you know you you, that, you, that go, home, you go home to to your peoples, and it's like, man, we we miss you, and you understand that. But it's like shit. Like I, I was just on the road. I want to have some fun now. You know, I'm at home. I want to have fun. And you don't you don't get that anymore. And that's what the Bulls were all about. Thibodeau was just another fucking wife or another kid, you know, <laughs> another family member or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Where you wondering where's the fun going to come, but you know, it just never did. Even though they were winning. Like the winning didn't really do do it. Like winning wasn't necessarily the fun part. Like where's the fun part going to come in at? And it, it just never did. All right, so I'm just taking a look at I'm just trying to go back on some of these rosters and what was going on. I got Jimmy Butler playing eight minutes a game in his rookie season. Yeah, because there were some games he didn't play. But when he did uh, play, he played them minutes. Let me see. Omer, he played. Looks like Omer had about. I don't know, like 16 about. minutes. Yeah. Seems I'm about trying right. to think of some other cats. Who were some other cats that came through? Um, Pete, uh, well, there wasn't a lot of rookies. And then you had like James Johnson. He didn't play him because he doesn't like him, like the way he played basketball. <laughs> so, you know. I, mean, I feel like that was almost fair with him. He, he didn't yeah. figure it out. He wasn't it good. It took him a while to figure it out. I feel like that was kind of fair with him. I just feel like there was some other cats that it wasn't fair with. Well, it definitely, it definitely wasn't fair with. I don't think it was Nico. fair with with Nico. I don't think it was fair with. Uh, I don't know. I guess that's. I ain't that's about it. it. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna say what's to call it, but um, I think it's probably fair with him. Who? Um, shit, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, long guard. Uh, Teague. No hell no. 
fatigue. Uh, uh, snail, Tony Snail. Yeah, Snail. You know, I don't think it, it was it took him. because you, really? you want to know why. You want to know why I don't think it was because when you when he played Tony Snail, Tony Snail gave them good production. Like this year, like maybe the rookie year. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm, speaking, I'm, I'm talking about just straight rookies coming in. And him just not getting like them just not getting tech, just getting like a red shirt freshman I, year. I think I'd have played him still too because you know that's why you play those guys. Like like look at look at Pop with Corey Joseph. You know what I'm saying? You know playing him as a young player so that he can be beneficial to you later on. Those are the things that you do. Like that's what makes you a good basketball coach and it makes you a good leader. You build guys up so that they can be beneficial to you when you need them to be. You can't try to just throw in a guy like, okay, I'm just going to put Tony Snell in there now. It's like, well, motherfucker, you can't just put him in here now because now you haven't you haven't built him up to a point where he can feel good about being a good basketball player. When he came in and showed you what he could do. As soon as Kirk Henry came back, you gave him his minutes. And it was like you could see it come a mile away because he would get interviewed and like right after the game where Tony Snell drops yeah. like 30. Tony did good, but well, you know, but no, ain't no but. He just showed you that he's capable. He's capable. He can do it. It's possible. So let's try it again, and then we'll Tony, try it again after that. Tony may have been. He he may be a guy, a high usage guy, where you have to get him out there for him to be effective. And that's not. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I don't know why there has to be anything wrong with that. I know he's. How can he not gain your trust if you're not allowing to? Then that, that's the problem. So now, now Thibodeau is gone. Like we we no longer have it. We don't have any more. Just time one, one quick correction. I got twelve minutes a game for Old Mayor. Eighty okay. played eighty two games, twelve minutes a game. That's actually pretty good for a big. Considering you know you had Taj and you had um um and Joe Kim. That's Lord, actually pretty yeah. good. So yeah, yeah all 12, things being 12, considered, twelve minutes a game. His biggest stat really was blocks. Yeah, he's good at uh, defending the rim. That was his thing. Um, but okay, so now, now, now we have a new coach. And you know, before I, I had told everybody beforehand, like I am pretty damn excited about Fred Hoiberg because I've been looking at a lot of a lot of what he did um, while he was at Iowa State. You know, the plays that they ran, and like I was really um, excited about the prospect of the Bulls running. Uh, some of those plays like to me that like that they're going to be dope. It's a lot of space. It's a lot of pace. Um, guys actively searching out three pointers as opposed to actively not like, I mean, I, I, it, it was so difficult for the Bulls offense at, like just as a whole to, to work because the NBA is so much about the three ball now and the Bulls routine. Uh, it felt, we're just not about the three ball. Mm-hmm. Like, and you have to ask yourself why. Like, why wouldn't you be about the three ball in today's NBA? But they just weren't. <laughs> like, like, why? Why wouldn't you want your team, your team, to shoot as many three pointers as they as they can? Like, why are you playing three bigs? Like, why are you also never really had the lineup on the floor? That it's not like they didn't have the guys that could do it. You had you had a few guys that could shoot. You just never had them on the floor to space to space it out. And even and even run plays for him, and that's him. Like that's coaching. Like those are the things that you know. You know, Thibs apologists don't want. Like that's not Tom, like that's not John Paxson. 
That's not Gar Foreman. Like you can't put that on them. You That's watched, him. I mean, I don't understand because you watched you watched the games where this team would go six and seven minutes at a time. In the and playoffs. Have, and, have, and have the worst time in the playoffs and have the worst fucking time in the world scoring. The worst time scoring. That ain't passing it down as uh coaching the team at that point. It ain't about minutes at that point. It's about even when you got the best lineup possible out there, you you watching the offense be stagnant and everybody standing around, you know, while one guy dribbles the fucking LeBron Cleveland offense, where you got one guy dribbling, everybody else standing around. No movement, nobody cutting, no nothing. And you're wondering like like what's the, like why why can't they score? Well, it's kind of hard to score when you have, you know, okay, Derek isn't a really great bat, uh, shooter. Jimmy is adequate sometimes. And then, you, you know, you got uh, Joe Kim and Kirk and maybe and maybe Gasol or Taj. And, and, and you know, you, you see multiple plays run. It'll be a, a, like a screen set by Joe Kim. And when he go out to like that little elbow, they would just double whoever the ball handler was and lead Joe Kim all by itself. And then they throw the ball back to Joe Kim and he's immediately looking for somebody else to pass the ball to. Like that's which not usually, good offense. Which usually turns into a fucking turnover. Yeah. Generally it's a turnover or a bad shot by Derek or Jimmy. You know, those things all start to, to add up. And you know, you would think that after looking at the film, he would see that and say, Okay, well we'll get a guy in here. Like I don't care if he's Jeez, not hitting this shot. As much fucking film as he was watching, you would think that. You <laughs> the motherfucker Dolly does is watch film. <laughs> but, but, but you you got all the answers, huh? But you can't you can't you got you the answer in front of you. You can't answer the, the test. I ain't seeing shit but Kirk. He's like Kirk. Kirk yeah, I gotta put Kirk. Kirk in there. But you know, you know they got to the playoffs and it, it didn't help things that Powell got hurt. And he missed those um those games like and then when he came back he clearly shouldn't have even been out there then you know, that didn't help things it didn't um help that Aaron Brooks was non-existent it didn't help that you know same thing for Nico he was pretty non-existent you know all those things you know they they all they all come together at the same time and it leads to the Bulls losing losing that series so you know now we have a different coach now we have. Um, we have Fred Hoiberg, the mayor, and we have uh Boylan from, from the Spurs, which I thought was a really, really good pickup because he's like a defensive dude, but he's also into like three pointers. So he, you know, how to get three pointers off of defense, you know, him and Fred Hoiberg should work really, really well together because like, you know, Fred Hoiberg is an offensive guy and the three point shooting guy. This guy is a defensive guy and a three point shooting guy. So they should work really, really well together to put together a really good offense and defense for the Bulls. Um, I'm excited for that. You know, I want to see what this team can actually do when running an actual offense, you know, where there's off ball movement, there's player movement, there's ball movement. And it's not just screen and roll with a guy who can't do anything when giving the ball back off the roll. Because if you remember that Cleveland series, I, I think Joe Kim Noah had as many blown layups as he had points, especially in that game when um they, they could have gone up three, one. And I think uh, he had put Tony in the game and Tony was doing some good stuff. And for some odd reason, he stopped playing Tony after that. I don't know why, but Tony was making uh, plays on the pick and roll with Joe Kim, and Joe Kim was just blowing the layup every single 
time. I mean, it was remarkable in how many layups he was able to blow in that short uh, of a time span. But he, he was able to do it. And his inability to do anything was the primary reason why the Bulls lost that series. And when you're looking at that as a coach, you know, you, you would think that the guy would figure it out. But I, I, that's neither here nor there. Um, Fred Hoiberg, I think, is going to put the Bulls in positions to win offensively. And, you know, you still got enough guys around that um, from the from the defensive side of things that we should be okay. Like, I don't think the Bulls' defense is going to fall apart because they – Yeah, they, the, Bulls, the Bulls' defense <laughs> this past season wasn't all that, that fantastic. It wasn't great, but it was still good enough to win an NBA championship. Had they been competent, like, in the coaching and the offense. You know, the Bulls were 10th in – and I think it was 10th uh, in offensive efficiency this season, if I'm not mistaken. And that's – you know, that sounds the great. Tibbs, the Tibbs levels will tell you that, yeah, it sounds great. But, you know, I think one of the things that goes, you know, that gets discounted is like, I think the Bulls, when they beat the shit out of teams, they really beat the shit out of them. You know what I'm saying? And like those games will really raise your efficiencies to like a really, really high level. And it, I guess it was so high that the bad games didn't outweigh the good. Because they had their fucking stinkers. I just say, yeah, I just know what my eyes show me, and I I saw a lot of games where, not not just the playoffs, but throughout the season, where they just had a, a fucking problem scoring the ball. You know, for way too many, you know, long lulls in, in games where they would go, you know, for you know, four, five, six minutes at a time, not being able to score the fucking basketball. Like that's just not. That's that's not acceptable no. for a team of, of of that talent, you know. I, I would I would hope that the, the that this is going to change, and I think it will. I think Fred Hoiberg. I think a, a lot of people are going to be really really surprised at what what he brings to the table. One thing he brings is that he he brings a little bit of calm to you know what was once a very very ridiculous storm. You know, there's no more. Uh, just manic, you know, like that, like that goes a long way, man. Just somebody who can, you can look at and you look on the sidelines and they're just calm. I think he'll bring a lot of, as far as being um, transparent, I think he's going to bring that to the, you know, to talking to the media because Tibbs will be real, you know, tight to the best I man, which is cool in certain aspects. But I mean, you know, this is, you have to remember that this is Chicago. It's full of media. It's going to ask you questions every single day about every little small thing. And you have to be able to handle that. You have to be able to to manage that as well as managing your relationships with everybody in the building. Like, and I, was feel, a, I feel like like he'll do that a whole lot better than Tibbs was ever able to do. Before he got this job, I can't remember who um, I can't remember who told this story. He was talking to somebody like a really good friend of his. And they were like, okay, you're going to Chicago, you know, you're going to have to kiss some babies. And Thibodeau never kissed any babies. Like, he thought that just coming in and doing the work and, and winning would, would, would rule the day. But that's just not enough. It's not just enough to win a bunch of regular season games and think that everything's going to be okay. You got to kiss some babies too, man. You got to make people feel good about you 
you know, you know, be a normal fucking person. Like, I don't understand, like, like what was so wrong about being just a normal, like, just a normal guy. Like, you know, like, why, why couldn't he just be a normal fucking guy? It's like, not to only, you know, win games, but to not have all these other problems and other issues, too. Like, you got you got players getting hurt and you got players, you know, playing too many minutes. And it's, you know, it's not all a coincidence. Like, you know, don't, don't tell me that none of that shit had to do with nothing. No, it's all like, because these guys are weak. and they Get the know. fuck out of here. These guys are just getting hurt. You know, other cats are playing this many men. You know, I would listen to one, you know, goofball on the radio that would say that, you know, you don't want to hear about minutes because cats have plenty of time to rest during, like, timeouts. And free and free throws, free throw shooting. It's like who the hell said uh, this, man? Fred Hugh, Fred Hugh, you know the guy that does the uh, oh, the, the, the the news spots on ESPN radio. Uh, sometimes he'll have a show on like a Saturday or something. And you know, anytime he's on, like you know, guest hosting for somebody on the, on a Monday holiday or something, you know, he, he would pound the table about you know not thinking that you know the minutes was a big deal because you know these players, you know, they get paid a lot of money. For one, which which always grinds my fucking gears to hear that because I don't know what that has even, to do with anything. Getting paid a bunch of money don't mean that my body won't get tired. Regardless, that that means nothing. And two players have chances dur- throughout the course of the game to rest. You can sleep on a fucking airplane. It's the same as sleeping in your fucking bed. Nah, man. Like it's a completely different thing. You know, when your body is tired, you can't do anything. You know, sitting down for two minutes before a TV timeout ain't the same. And the money doesn't have anything to do with it either. I've never understood that being paid well, money and rub it on my damn knees. Being paid well doesn't 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 make you feel better. Uh, I don't understand the correlation between the two, but if that's how he feels, okay. He kind of um, eased up on it towards the once you know these these cats continuously started going going down. It's like little nagging injuries. Like you got to figure, all right, this has to do with something. Like everybody's fucking getting hurt. No other team in the NBA is dropping like your team is. You had injuries for Derek, Saul, Taj, like. Like, I was telling Everybody, somebody who, who who didn't get hurt. I was telling somebody. I started call. I, I think I told you this, but I started calling them the Thibs. You know, um, it happened. It's happened to Derek. It happened to to Joe Kim. And if you look at the like the way that things go, it was starting to happen to Taj. Like it was like I was if Thibodeau was the coach next year, I would have gone. I would have gone on record and saying that that Taj Gibson would have had some sort of a knee problem that would have required surgery. Like after that season. Or maybe during the season. Ankle, ankles or something. Wasn't his ankle starting to starting to go too? Yeah, but the ankles aren't the thing that that's not part of the Thibs. The, 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 that's not part of the Thibs. Yeah, the, the, the Thibs knees. <laughs> yeah, the Thibs ruin, <laughs> the Thibs is they, they ruin knees. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is this, this is what happens with the Thibs. You have a remarkable season. The Thibs. season. <laughs> Followed by a season, Mari with injury, and then the season after that, you your knees go. <laughs> That's what happens when you when you catch the thibs. Derek had the thibs. Taj, had, I mean, uh, uh, Joe Kim had the thibs, and it, and it was well within it's uh, within reach that the Taj was going to have him uh, soon enough. Jimmy was going to have him soon enough too. Yeah, if he was if he kept playing with thibs, he was going to have the thibs too. Um, I'll get them real quick. It it just I mean it's just that's just the way that it is now, man. 
you know, I was looking at um like some statistics, you know, because of the whole the, the finals, which we're we'll talk about the finals in another podcast. But I was looking at some stats, and you know, Jerry West won that, that NBA Finals MVP on the losing team in '69, and um, you know, he had incredible numbers. But then I, I looked at the numbers of of uh, John Havlicek. And John Havlicek was averaging, like, I think it was like 28 points, 11 rebounds, like four assists, something like that, right? He played every minute of every game, Rob. He played every minute of every single goddamn game in that series. I have no idea how in the world anyone could justify Jerry West winning the um, finals MVP in that series losing when another guy was putting up 28 11 and 4 and played every fucking minute like to me that to me is just egregiously ridiculous it makes no sense to me he played every minute man and it's not like his numbers suffered or even like his shooting percentages i think he shot like 45 percent for the series uh you know playing every minute of a fucking series man like that that to me is just like could you imagine if a dude played every minute of a of a seven game series in an NBA today? Like, what would happen? It wouldn't be like, no good. I, I I doubt. I doubt he would be able to sustain that kind of like like people would lose their goddamn minds. Like a dude playing you know every minute of a seven game series, and that's what John Havlicek did in the series where he lost the MVP to a guy who lost the goddamn series. Like, that to me is just, it's just asinine. I don't give a fuck what numbers you put up. <laughs> a dude does that. Like, like, I wrote it, and, um, like, I don't want to get too much into the, to the finals because we're going to argue about that at a later date. But um, if a dude is putting up the numbers that Jerry West puts up and somebody else puts up, you know, unbelievable numbers, right, and not only puts up unbelievable numbers, they beat you. Like, they, they would stay in your onslaught and then beat you. They deserve the fucking MVP. Not you. Not you. Not Jerry I mean, West. It, 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 should never, it should never have to have that kind of ceremony or, or it's, it's such an unnecessary conversation. It's just, like, you know, like in the it, middle it, of... It, it, it should go to the winning team and that's like, that should just be the end of it. Like, mm-hmm. all right, you know, congratulations. You did all you could to help your team win. You know, you, you really didn't have a choice. But you're, you're, you lost. You're, you're, you're That's it. Off. So the, 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 the meaning of this trophy is for it to go to the winning, someone so, on the winning team. That's so it. That's just it. Maybe what they should do for all of these people that advocate this, because it seemed to be a lot of people advocating it for whatever fucking reason. Maybe what they should start doing, they should make two awards. One most outstanding player, like his fucking college, and one most valuable player. Maybe that's what they should do to make these to, to placate these people who believe that for some odd reason there that you should a losing player should be able to 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 win MVP, but whatever. But that's a real short conversation, honestly. <laughs> it's just you, if you give it to somebody on the winning team, that's 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 what it is. Yeah, I, I just look at I was just, but I was just looking at the those numbers when people kept bringing it up, and I'm like, wait a minute, he really played every fucking minute of that series, like that is crazy, like that is and put up those numbers, twenty eight and eleven, that's just mind boggling to me. 
I know it was a different time. You know, you're going up against different people, but it was comparable to his, you know, to his body, his athleticism. It was comparable to who he was at the time. It, it was an amazing, uh, amazing accomplishment to me. Um, but uh, I, I think I think we pretty much covered everything we wanted to with the Bulls. I mean, obviously, as Bulls fans, we were highly disappointed in you know what happened in the in the playoffs. They had prime opportunity to 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 make it to the finals. Yeah, you got a t- you got a LeBron team that's not all the way there. I mean, we none of us expected for the you know when the season started. Even LeBron himself was like, ah, right, you know, this is gonna be a learning year. We're not we're not gonna fully be there because this is the first year we're all here. So this was not only did you have them their first year first year being together, but you also had him with half a damn team where you could have taken advantage of it. You know, before they they get a chance to you know put in the off season to make more moves and get better bench players in and get a better uh, understanding. That's going to be difficult for them, though. I think that's one of the things people are, are kind of you know missing out on. I don't know how they get better that that particular team. Well, they get better by by just it being another year for one. Yeah, but do you? I don't trust. That those two guys aren't going to get injured again. That's fine. This is still this is still a LeBron team though, so they're still going. They're still, they're still going to they're going to be there. They're going to be a pain in the ass, you know. Yeah. Whether or not Love I, is there or if he's hurt, yeah, they're going to be a pain in the ass. But I honestly believe that with a different coach, the Bulls would have beat them this year. But we all expected that this year, though. Yeah, a different coach. No, I mean, as far as I, I, when the season first started, I felt like, you know, Thibs wasn't going to be as stubborn. No. And, and I wasn't expecting for him to be. I felt like he got more stubborn <laughs> this season. Yeah, he became more he became more entrenched. I, I think we could all we could all um, agree to that. So I was I was expecting that, you know, they would figure out a way. Especially the way they was playing all season, it was like, all right, well, they they got enough to where they can they can beat this team. They're not great. They still have some lows on offense, but they're they're good enough. They should be good enough to at least make it to the finals and make a run. That's what pissed me off the most. They just fell flat, and it just it's so disappointing because you feel like this team didn't reach its full potential. This year, when you had a team in the in the Cavs that wasn't fully there, but I, I honestly think that with different offensive philosophies, just different philosophies on basketball and life, I was, was going to say, and just life in general. <laughs> like I, I think you're going to see this team. You know, it, it to me is it's it's very similar to uh, you know people. Obviously, you know Tom Thibodeau is a better basketball coach. Than, than Doug Collins. I mean, I, I think we, we could all pretty much agree to that, but he is Doug Collins. He's Doug Collins. He's a guy, he got the team to as far as he could get them, and now it's time for somebody else to take it to the next level. And I, I honestly believe that's, that's what all, That's all it is. The, the, and the more people come to that realization that the time has come, he had worn out his welcome, it happens. Good coaches, we're out there welcome time sometimes. Especially time guys like him. You know, you ride teams hard. Like he rode like when he came to the Bulls, they were a young <laughs> guy. all over again, man. 
the Bulls were a young ass team. This wasn't like some veteran team that he had gotten. And, you know, you're trying to to win a championship with veteran players. This was a young team. Derrick Rose. I mean, Derrick was what 22 when when he came um, when when Tom Thibodeau got, got here. Something yeah, like yeah, he's twenty, like twenty-two years old, and you had a a pre. I mean, you had a twenty-five, a twenty-six year old, a twenty-five Joe Kim Noah, and you had a bunch of young guys, a twenty-five um year old Luol Dang. These guys were young as hell. Now, now you have old grown men, and you can't talk to them and treat them the same way as you treat a young four-year or five-year player. And he, he wanted to keep treating them the same way, and that shit just wasn't going to work. Um, I think a lot of what happened is the players didn't necessarily tune him out because I thought they respected the shit out of Tom Thibodeau. They just weren't as open to doing the same things as he wanted to because I had heard stories about how like some of the guys were like really, really, um, you know, they're looking at other guys and how, you know, talking to them about rest. And the other guys are like, yeah, we're loving this shit. And they're just like, man, why can't we get rest like that? Like, why do we only have to get rest doing like, you know, by not practicing? That's not good because you often hear Thibs talk about that shit. Like, you guys don't know how much we practice. You know, we don't really run the guys hard in practice. Like, I prefer you run them hard in practice and, you know, lay off of them in the fucking games a little bit because practice is where you become a better team. Like, I don't want you to get rid of the things that make you a better team and lose, you know, and instead of getting rid of the things that, you know, where, where you could, you know, change minutes here and there. I want the guys to practice. It's 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 so much it's so much different in practice than it is in a game. The the the, it's so much more amped up in a game than it is in practice. So it's like you would think that you you know all right, this game is a little more amped up. You know, players are you know not taking plays off in in a game the way you can in practice. Where it's like all right, you know, I don't have to go balls to the wall. And practice, but in a game, you know, cats are usually, you know, going balls to the wall. So you know, it's it's a difference. So you, you need to be able to get cats out of the game and, and let them sit down just a little bit. I mean, just I don't know. He he did a a better job. Like I've always another thing I've said in Tom Thibodeau's defense is that he's. I mean, I know he's an old man, older man, but he's still a young coach. So these are things that you learn. Like he's learn. He's still learning um, how to be the best coach that he's going to be. So I don't, you know, I'm not going to kill Tom Thibodeau for not knowing some of the things that a more seasoned coach would know. I just want to see some learning, you know, some things changing. And it just never seemed like that was happening. It just never seemed like, you know, there was going to be changes. So, you go, know, go learn that shit somewhere else then. Yeah, differences, <laughs> different philosophies. <laughs> and like, you know, this we isn't working here. With our players, like, we don't, we don't, like, we're not, I don't understand this whole thing. Like, I wrote this, I think I wrote this, like, two years ago, where I was just like, Chicago Bulls fans and the front office deserve each other. Because they're no different than the front office. Like, you often hear Bulls fans talk about how the Bulls front office, like, man, they too scared to make moves. And, you know, they'd be stuck on their players and, you know, you know, stupid shit like that. You know, we always hear, we always hear Bulls fans say stupid stuff like that. But they're no different because they they do the same thing with players that they like and, with, with certain players, yeah, and, and coaches that they like because you still got Bulls fans that don't want to trade Taj, and I'm like, man, you crazy? I'll trade Taj. I'll trade Taj in a fucking second. I wanted Taj gone last year. Like if we were talking about this, like okay, yeah. you know, if you could get something good for Taj, you get rid of him because That's you know. Cool. 
his ceiling has been reached. He's not going to get past that. And to be honest with you, I think it's good. You, like he's, you need somebody that can do a little bit more than he can do. Yeah, you need a that he can get you some rebounds, some putbacks, defend certain, you know, you know, certain four and fives maybe. But you need, and it's it's proven at this point that you need guys that can shoot. Yeah, means that's that, not him. You need wings that can shoot. I don't want to, you know, none of these old school cats can say it anymore because you have a shooting ass team that just got it done. You can win with the shooting team. Don't 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 preach don't preach that shit to me anymore. You know, you're gonna shoot yourself out of a game, you live by three, die by three, all the other bu- cliche bullshit. Yes, you can. It can My be man, done. It can be done, but you gotta have guys. You gotta yeah. have you gotta have what they had. And that's a very unique thing to have, but you know, you like, could win you, you, you with have a, a hybrid. Balance. You can have a balance of the two. It doesn't have yeah. to be one thing or the other. And it that's, feels that's, like that's what I'm saying. I mean I'm not saying you got to I mean it's it's gonna be fucking impossible to have the kind of fucking three point shooting that they had. I'm just saying well you it's possible to have more shooting because that's where the league is going now. It and it, it just feels like the that was one of the things that Tom, you know even though he had shooting, he just wasn't really completely on board with, you know, using it. Um, you know, it was I was still all about the defense, and now, now we don't have to worry about that. We got a guy who's completely on board, you know, with with a better offense. You know, using guys, resting guys. You know, these are the things like these are the things that your players want. Like I remember, I was looking at um. I was on Twitter and, you know, I'm looking at um, guys talking. I think it was Stacy King. You know, Stacy was answering some questions. It was before Tom had gotten fired. And they were asking him, so do you think uh, Tom Thibodeau is going to get fired? And, you know, Stacy, being who he is, he said, no, I don't think he's going to get fired. He just needs to listen to his players a little bit more and be a little bit more open. And I, that, like, that to me is indicative of the whole problem. Why would a coach have to listen to his players more? Like why do you like why do you have to be told to listen to your players more? Like I don't understand that. Like why do you like does that make any sense to you? The guys that are out there playing, people are saying you need to listen to them more. You're not listening to the guys that's actually out there doing shit? Like, well. <laughs> like that like whatever, man. You know. It's whatever. I just, you know, think I was, you know, I was worn out by the end of the season. I was ready for the season to be over. I, I'm more than glad that it is, and you know, I think it's uh, as Rob's family uh, starts to file in, it's time for us to um <laughs> to, to go ahead and, and, and wrap this up. Uh, Rob, you got anything else to say before we get up out of here? Let's do this for Horberg. All right, guys, y'all know where to find us. This is According to Sources. Uh, if you got any emails, according to sources at gmail.com. You got the Facebook page, it's According to Sources. We got the Twitter page, it's A2 Sources. Um, what else we got? We got. I think that's about it, man. Uh, we got the IG, that's According to Sources. Um, so, yeah, man, you can pretty much find us everywhere. Uh, if you have any questions, you got any tweets, I'm always on Twitter now. I'm on Twitter now more than I'm on anything else. So, you know, you never feel, you know, 
that you can't talk to me or find me on there. It's a couple other guys that be doing stuff on Facebook from time to time. Uh, that's mostly me too, but you'll find some other people talking about like wrestling and stuff. But um, other than that, man, you know, I, I told you guys we we're going to do it a little bit more. We got another one coming back. We're going to talk about the NBA finals, talk about LeBron and um, stuff like that, you know, getting to the, the, the details of that, that final series and the coaching of that final series and the changes and things that happen. We'll get a little bit more in depth into that. We talked about it a little bit tonight, but, I didn't really want to get into it because I'd rather devote like a whole podcast to it. And it won't be another two months before we do it. We're going to do it pretty soon. We're going to run this back. <laughs> so, uh, Rob, uh, nothing else left for you to say? You good? You good? Deuces. All right. So for Rob, Dre, this is According to Sources, and we out.